The following podcast is for healthcare professionals only. All views expressed belong to our speakers and don't necessarily reflect those of Nestle Health Science. Hello and welcome to Inside Medical Nutrition Podcast, a podcast powered by Nestle Health Science and hosted by me, Dr. Nia Patel. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how to set up a blended diet service. And for this episode, I'm delighted to have an expert in the field. I'll be talking to Anina Whip, a freelance pediatric dietitian. Hi, Anina. It's fantastic to have you on the podcast, and I'm really excited about having this conversation with you. So the topic of the podcast today is going to be setting up a blended diet service. But before we dive into it, what would be really good is if you could introduce yourselves to um, the listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what made you get into dietetics, and what's your current role at the moment? Oh, it's lovely to be able to talk to you today. Um, So I've been a registered dietitian for over five years now. Uh, I've worked in both the sort of acute sort of NHS hospital setting and in the private sector. Um, I've been fortunate enough to gain experience within adults uh, and paediatrics, and that's where I am now. Um, And I've also been able to work sort of in a freelancing capacity as well. I sort of first got into dietetics or first sort of um, gained an interest when I was a sort of competitive swimmer in my teens. Um, And I really sort of found that nutrition and my nutrition intake had a direct impact on my performance. Um, So that's sort of what led me to to marry the two sort of food and science and performance. And here I am. Really interesting. And so I'm guessing that it's your pediatric work that led you into being interested in uh, blended diets? Yeah, that's that's right. So I think in pediatrics, there is uh, a little bit of a, a rise in interest of blended diet um, for children that are eventually fed long term. I think with there being a rise in social media particularly as it's a platform for parents to showcase their own journeys. Um, there's a large Facebook group following um, and just a general interest into what blended diet is and what it can achieve. Um, there's been a different, dif- definite sort of shift towards that. Um, so sort of in our clinical work, we've definitely noticed that parents are um, wanting that as an option. Yeah, this might sound like a very basic question, but what exactly is a blender diet service? What does it entail? Oh, it's not a basic question at all. Uh, so, so blended diet is uh, sort of an umbrella term to refer to any uh, nutrition intake via a um, tube that is um, food that's been pureed Um, other than sort of commercial formula or breast milk or water, which we would traditionally use. It covers um, a spectrum. So you've got some parents at one end that are sort of just starting to to maybe transition or choose to do a combination of commercial formula um, and small amounts of puree. Um, And then you've got at the other end of the scale, parents that are choosing to meet their children's full nutritional requirements via a blended diet so they're making um the meals for them and blending them uh, to a sort of consistency that can go through the tube well thank you that's really um nice and clear so why then did you feel that there was a need to set set up a blended diet service what were you experiencing um i think in the past um 
and I've been sort of guilty of that I think it's sort of been seen as maybe a bit risky or a bit unsafe amongst healthcare professionals so we've noticed that sort of parents are going it alone mm. um, and do it. I think motivated parents will make that decision and you know go for it anyway um, so it's sort of we noticed that you know there were parents were doing it alone without the the input of healthcare professionals I think when I first sort of started reading around it, I came across uh, Dr. Sarah Dernan's work and she did a sort of study um, and called it It's Just Food Blended. And I think that really resonated with me. Um, so she found out that during interviews with parents that had turned to, to a blended diet, the five main themes emerged. Mm-hmm. Um, one was sort of parents felt desperate. They had nothing to lose. They weren't to- their children weren't tolerating commercial formula, so there was nowhere else to turn. Um, another was sort of there was a radical change, so big noticeable improvements in health and well-being. Um, some felt that it should be how life should be, and it was a sense of normality instead of feeding being quite a clinical process. Um, and then the two that sort of stuck with me were parents reporting that you have to model your own way through um, and you have to fight for your child to be fed. And I think those two really highlighted that, you know, healthcare should always be patients centered and admittedly you know blended diet remains under researched so the sort of you know the evidence base hasn't quite been there but at the same time um for parents to go it alone and feel that they have to go down an avenue without clinician support didn't quite sit right with me so it was sort of a chance to see um whether there was some way that we could help these parents Definitely, all very convincing reasons. Mm. Um, So in terms of the practicality of setting up a blended diet service, what have you done? Yeah, so we um, have to admit we're in the early stages. um, But I think a catalyst in sort of a blended diet service being set up really was the change in the BDA policy statement. Um, and it was sort of a sense of support towards dietitians. Who and when was, when was that? When was that? So they released um, the, the first initial statement was 2013. Then they revised that into the 2019 policy statement and suggested that a blended diet may be offered as a choice to pay to patients and carers as an option. Whereas before it was suggested that dietitians should support patients who had chosen the diet. So that was very sort of a clear difference. Um, and also latterly in 2021, they produced a um, toolkit for okay. dietitians to set up a blended diet service. And that sort of in conjunction with sort of um, medical nutrition companies that had been sort of um, looking at recipes and looking at patient literature to try and help patient parents sort of in that um, who wanted to transition over. Um, and I think the sort of BDA sort of referred to it um, particularly in their toolkit as very much instead of it being um, you know a risk or sort of managing risk in helping parents who wanted to do it it was very much part of a it should be a shared decision approach between sort of parents families and the healthcare team we know it's not um, appropriate for every child but I think that that kind of change in language spoke volumes that sort of a blended diet was now very much part of was an option of nutritional therapy and so that's where we sort of started or gained the sort of confidence to start. 
Brilliant. So I know it's a very early day still, but what have you actually been doing? Have you been creating more resources for parents or is it a forum for parents to go to? Yeah, so um, it's very much sort of, as I'm sure you'll know, cha making change, making a service change, sort of we need to start from start from scratch and really make sure that we are providing a safe service. So obviously we started with a, um, a literature sort of um, appraisal and looking at sort of the benefits that blended diet had 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 sort of um, had for children. So improvements in sort of retching, vomiting, constipation, um, they were all really, and obviously the um, huge social and emotional benefits of families being able to feed their children food and to be able to take part in, um, you know, uh, family events like eating birthday cake. Um, so we knew that there were benefits there. Um, it was all very much about having a safe policy in place. So how we were going to sort of um, monitor these children, how we were going to help them, um, what sort of what level of um, input did we did we want to have um, and I think part of my sort of journey was definitely reaching out to more sort of um, more experienced colleagues that had been running blended diet services so I think that would definitely be a first port of call mm. um, and they really sort of gave an insight into what was needed and how to monitor patients effectively um, and then partnering with senior colleagues within your own trust um, to make sure you know that when you're developing policy that you've each got a focus um, and to make sure that it's safe and I think by working with your wider MDT you can you're in a better position to sort of delegate tasks so sort of working with consultants working with nutrition nurses so the nutrition nurses are the experts on the tubes and the ancillaries um, and the dietitians took you know more of a role in um the actual sort of producing of recipes um how we were going to analyze um the blended diet children's intake so how we were going to sort of take a real in-depth food diary and then an analyze those to identify any deficiencies mm -hmm. um working with the team to decide what nutritional bloods we needed to um monitor and how often and sort of really sort of looking at how we were going to monitor them in terms of anthropometry um, and how often uh, and I think sort of really showed that sort of teamwork sort of came together and I think it was my um, I really enjoyed my part in that in sort of producing the um, sort of patient literature so looking at exactly you know start to finish when it when a when a parent expresses an interest how we would take them through um, what's needed the preparation um and you know before they can make a, a decision i think the bit i really enjoyed was um uh blending the food myself i think if you're going to sort of, what, what are yeah. your best combos um, <laughs> do you know what i am um, i rather enjoyed a, a pureed fish and chips sounds, oh my um, goodness yeah, I mean, add some peas yeah, in that exactly yeah i think if you're going to suggest these things to families you need to really walk through everything in their in their shoes start to finish so i think part of that was to really um in order to to help prepare recipes that were nutritionally adequate for these children it was to you know to do it myself and um and working out exactly how how it would be in a practical way so yeah it's definitely Brilliant. lots to it yeah no totally and it sounds like um 
it's an exciting hard lots of hard work but it's exciting because it's an evolving field and i'm sure it's actually super beneficial for all the parents out there so i guess the big question is has it been worth it uh definitely i think um as i said we're in early days so it's we're not able to sort of give out we can't we haven't audited um you know um measurements and things like that but in my experience of working with other dietitians you know that the benefits completely outweigh the hard work initially um and in terms of is it worth it for me now i think it's great that the fact that i'm really excited that when parents approach me and say you know we're we're getting nowhere um we or we want to maybe in addition to formula add in um some blended diet what can we do and it just feels great to know that we don't have to sort of turn them away or leave them to sort of gain their own um help find their own path exactly google it yeah yeah exactly and that that is my fear whilst there are great resources um online and it's great to be able to direct parents to those and there are you know we do want to navigate exactly yeah and we are really fortunate to be able to be in a good position to help those families so yeah for that the hard work at the front at the sort of the earlier stages is definitely worth it yeah and I'm sure it's also had an impact in terms of um, the multidisciplinary working um, as well but has it impacted your day-to-day dietetic um, workload definitely and I think that is amongst one of the sort of um maybe sort of the the hesitancy at the beginning beginning to offer a service like that and I mean there is as I said a lot of work up front to to do to develop policy to develop patient literature and I think a lot of um, uh, both acute and community dietitians you know we're we're stretched we all know that so it, it is a little bit sort of there is fear that it could create more work but I think initially there is but I think once you get these children stable and you're reviewing them and monitoring them um, it, it there's nothing to say that there has to be much more input than how we, and then the sort of workload it is to monitor your long-term mental feeders anyway I mean we all have an input with them so um, and that's what co- more experienced colleagues have, have said that it's definitely um, once you get to a point it is the same sort of workload yeah and it'll be interesting I think once um we get the long-term data to see actually the difference that it makes on a on a patient level in terms of patient care would be fantastic to put numbers to that as well you know definitely yeah what other barriers have you faced um, that you've had to overcome um I think sort of barriers for me it's difficult to sort of suggest a patient pathway that isn't for everyone unfortunately we know blended diet comes at a cost um so it it isn't it's expensive and there's no way around that that you you know we always say to trial a blended diet with a a basic blender to see if it's right with you before sort of stepping up to the industrial sort of um type blender that you need so the cost Um, actually coming from the fact of the equipment that you need exactly yeah so more cost to the patient um and I think, you know, I've had a look to see if there's any way of securing sort of local funding towards equipment, but that, that's difficult. So I think, I mean, hopefully, like you said, once we have data and once there's, you know, there's proven benefits that maybe that will start to sort of happen. Mm. Because Is I it think, a special blender that you're needing or can you just use like a hand blender? 
Yeah, so we always say don't um, buy a special blender initially, sort of make sure that it is appropriate for your family before you make any financial commitment. But ultimately, we're wanting these children to have sort of a wide range of foods um, yeah. and to a sort of an exact consistency that will go through sort of a, a 12 French tube. So, um, yeah, that you need a we kind of recommend to have an industrial sort of type blender. And obviously that comes at a cost. Um, and I think other sort of other barriers are sort of the perceived amount of time that it would take to do and that perceived risk. I think with the help of the BDA producing the um, the toolkit and changing their policy and with the help of medical nutrition companies sort of um, looking at developing their own recipes. So there's really good sort of um, resources that we can guide patients towards. Um, but there is, I think, still that feeling that that there may be a, um, a risk or a slight um, safety concerns with blended diet, particularly potentially with the time taken to sort of fix um, uh, block tubes. Um, but for me, that's even more of a reason for dietitians and healthcare professionals to get involved, because if we can give support and education and getting those recipes right and getting those um consistencies right then there's no reason that children with a blended diet are at risk of nutritional deficiencies or are mm. at higher risk of getting um, their tube blocked obviously these things happen um but I think you know we are in a good position to sort of help minimize those risks yeah it sounds like there's been a good paradigm shift in terms of um, dietetic support and would you say that that's also across the board in terms of the multidisciplinary team or are you still um coming across certain health professionals that perhaps are more anti-blender diet? I think fortunately within my trust, everyone's being on board. Um, I think the sort of um, more senior colleagues sort of consultants are, are, are realising that there is a real place for blended diet and also they're sort of patient facing with long term mental um, not with children that are long term mentally fed and they see that parents are asking these questions mm. I mean um, families are wanting to give food and wanting to sort of um, take back control and feed their child and make it less of a clinical experience so I think because we know that these sort of questions and the want for it is out there, it is sort of a way of coming together as an MDT, like you said, and sort of making it possible. And we know that it's not, you know, it's not an option for everyone. Some people try and then revert back because it's just too much work. Um, or, you know, we know children are cared for outside of the home. So it's sort of nurseries, schools. So um, it's not possible anywhere, um, everywhere. And every family might have a different take on a blended diet. So some may do it exclusively. Others may do it for one or two meals a day. So it's really just about that inclusivity. If a family want to do it, it's how can we work it out and work with them? No, fantastic. It sounds like your trusts have done a fantastic job and they've been really supportive of it, but I'm sure that's not necessarily the same across um, all NHS trusts. Mm. Um, and there's probably an element of um, the fact that some dietitians might not have to kind of pioneer this, right? Yes, yeah. But at least there's you can share practice because there's other um, organisations that have actually done it. Definitely. And I, I know this sort of um, the BDA policy having changed it gives us a little bit more um, confidence in doing so but ultimately as they advise that it, it comes down to trust policy as well so and um, yeah that that can be a barrier.
Yeah. And so, I mean, you've done it um, and it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job, even if it's early days. So what would you say would be um, your advice to uh, somebody looking to embark on setting up a blended diet service? So check your trust policy and see what that says first. Um, I think getting to grips with the BDA toolkit um, is um, a must just to understand the um, the benefits uh, and the sort of the, the practicalities of implementing it. Um, do your own research, conduct your own literature reviews just to sort of present that information to your MDT or to sort of um, trust boards to, to show that there is a reason and that there are um, benefits to the patient to be able to introduce that as an option. Um, my biggest recommendation would be use other colleagues for support. I mean, we're lucky to work with sort of in a, in a, within a sort of environment that promotes sort of collaborative working and people are always eager and kind to, to help. So I think, um, you know, speak to them, see what literature they're sort of um, giving their patients, ask them what a typical consultation looks like. It's really those in-depth kind of um, ideas that you need to sort of understand to be able to offer that to your patients. Um, and like I said before, put yourself in your patient's shoes and walk all the way through it. So from the moment they expressed interest, what are the types of conversations you'd be having with the wider team? Um, what education are you going to provide from sort of... Um, more sort of nutritional adequacy information to sort of food safety and make sure everything's sort of um, taken into account. Um, and, you know, if you understand yourself how to do it, even to sort of administer the blends, you'll be in much better position to sort of educate your, your families. So I mean blending a couple meals. So you I think so, why not? That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a fantastic um, tips in there. Are there also any helpful resources that um, we can signpost listeners to? I know you've mentioned a couple like the BDA toolkits. Are there any others? Yeah, so I think um, there are sort of medical nutrition companies out there that have prepared their own recipes Fantastic. using sort of commercial formula and part blended food, um, and they are really useful. So um, definitely signpost towards those. Um, and blended diet has been a, a big scene in the US and Canada for quite some time. Um, so I found quite a, a few sort of um, freelance dietitians that had websites and blogs that had been running those services for quite some time. So I found those really useful um, to, for some for your advice as well. Yeah, no, fantastic. Oh, and, you know, we have to wrap up this podcast. I've loved our conversation. Um, and before we do wrap up, what I'd love you to give our listeners is some of the key messages that you have in terms of setting up a blended diet service. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I think key messages are sort of consulting, first and foremost, consulting your trust policy um, to make sure that there's a regulatory approval for starting a blended diet and get your MDT on board. Um, because as I said before, delegating different jobs is key in sort of collaborative team working to make it a successful service. Uh, I think initially it's good as part of the policy to identify exactly who are suitable candidates for transitioning to a blended diet. Uh, for example, um, looking at the type of ventral feeding tubes that are used, as we know that some are better suited to blended diet than others. Um, 
for example, sort of gastrostomy feeding tubes are preferred over nasogastric and gingenoscopy tubes. Um, and certain um, children need to be sort of clinically stable before transitioning over. Um, but I know you've covered that in a lot more detail in during season one. Absolutely. So it should be a plug for all our listeners who haven't listened to season one to go listen because you've gone into lots more detail about uh, blind ducts Great. in that one. What else? Uh, so I think other other ideas of sort of making sure that you get started on a on a good track is getting um, more superior um, experienced dietitians um, on board to give you sort of help to share resources um, and to really give you that I give you a sense of how to implement it practically um, and also walk through the blended diet service from start to finish in your patient's shoes from the moment that they um, the moment that they express an interest um, how, what conversations are you going to have what education resources or patient literature will you use um, how you're going to assess uh, a family or a carer's knowledge of um, what a healthy and balanced diet is um, how you're going to assess um, and educate with regards to food safety um, or food preparation safety, um, uh, how you're going to look at sort of age appropriate por portion sizes um, and taking the patient's sort of nutritional status into account too. So do they need food fortification to help with catch up growth? How are you going to educate family with that? Um, looking at tolerance, so making sure that um, a child is able to tolerate the right amount, sort of an, an adequate amount of blended diet to sort of grow um, and develop. Uh, so all of these things need to be sort of taken into account and making sure that you have some sort of troubleshooting um, resource so that what, for what families would do if the tube did become blocked, where do they go for help? So making sure um, that that the family is aware of contacts and exactly how everything works practically. Yeah, and then are there any helpful resources that we can signpost listeners to? There are, so um, I've mentioned a few times um, about the BDA toolkit, and obviously that's more towards sort of healthcare professionals um, who are wanting to get started with a blended diet service. Uh, and there are, um, there are, medical nutrition companies that have developed a range of recipes that have been tried and tested by a dietitian and a chef um, and they're nutritionally analyzed so that's definitely a great resource to share with families in getting started and building that confidence of providing um, exactly the right amount of nutrition via a blended diet. Brilliant thank you so much for all those fantastic tips Alina. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Medical Nutrition. If you enjoyed the podcast and found the content useful, please share it with your colleagues and consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. For more information on this topic or to share your feedback, please visit the Nestle Health Science N Plus Hub or click on the link in the show notes.